Okay, guys, here we are. We are in the permission to dream. And so whatever it is that has kind of drawn your attention to this, I think we can all say it's the same. Because for me, everybody wants to be able to dream, dream big. And we've always heard about our dreams and what do you dream about. But I'm going to define dreams for us just so that we're on the same page. A dream, if you look at it as a noun, it's something good that you hope will have you hope you will have or achieve in the future. Um, and it's an experience of waking life, having the characteristics of a dream. So like a daydream. And we all have had those where we're daydreaming. I do it all the time. I'm a daydreamer. I just kind of stare off into space sometimes and just thinking through things. Some of it's good and some of it's not so good because I can daydream about the good and the wishes for the future, but I also can daydream about the dangers that might be lurking in the here and now. So those are all part of dreaming, but we're talking about the good dreams, not the anxious dreams that we have. We're talking about something where we have a strong desire or goal, <clears throat> but also dream can be a verb where we're actually doing it, where we're indulging in daydreaming, just like I was saying. So the Dream itself as a noun, <clears throat> excuse me, it's something that we hope for. And then as the verb, it's something that we're doing. So we're indulging in that daydreaming um, in our fantasies, in our mind. Um, it's to consider as a possibility or to imagine. So <clears throat> if you've daydreamed before, it might look something like, having the pick, white picket fence, your house, being married to your Prince Charming, those kind of things, which are all good dreams. Um, you're considering the possibility or imagining. And so let's look at dreams or the word imagine in the Bible. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Now the message, message says it this way. God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So there we have it. Like in our imagining it, dreaming it, whatever the possibilities might be, we're just thinking it out, imagining what could be in the future. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to clear my throat. <coughs> Maybe I just need some more coffee. Sorry. Let's look at dreams in the Bible. So we know that Joseph, if you know the story of Joseph, he was a dreamer because he interpreted his dream to his brothers in that he was saying he had a dream that he would be more than a farm boy, that he, he dreamed that he would make a difference in the world, that he would be a person of influence. And so he's telling them this dream and also was saying that one day you're going to bow down to me. That was kind of what he had imagined, what God had given him. And it was a God dream because we see that actually his brothers get upset with him. They sell him into slavery. He ends up um, at, who is it, Potiphar's house? Anyway, this is what he says. His brothers end up coming back to him after he's been sold into slavery, but they don't know that it's him. When they find out that it is him, it's been years that have passed. He says, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh. So it was Pharaoh, not Potiphar. 
and Lord of all of his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Essentially, and this is what it says in the Bible, God sent me to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So Joseph had the idea that even though he had this dream, it wasn't for selfish gain. It wasn't for himself to like make a name for himself. It was actually God sending him there for others so that he could be gather this remnant that he actually would redeem the people. And so we see that his dream it was to be um, a person of influence. And that is what God did. Um, in order to know God dreams, we need to know God. So we need to know his character. We need to know his attributes, who he is. And this is the thing where I don't have anything against personality tests or finding out who we are. I think those are all great things. I think we can lean too much on that. And finding out it's all pointed towards me. Like, who am I? What am I to do? What am I? What's my personality? Where that's not how God created us to be. We're to be others focused. And really what we would, what would behoove us is to find out more of who God is, his character, his personality, because he is the one that we are to reflect to the world. And so if we know who he is and how he functions and how he handles situations and we reflect that back, then that's ultimately what God has created us to do. Now he has given each one of us different personalities and different strengths, different places. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So yes, it is good to find out what you're good at, what you like to do, how God created you. Um, but not focusing so much on spending all your time figuring out who you are. That's just my little, my little soapbox. <laughs> People might have different opinions on that, but that's just my personal opinion is that we can spend more time just getting to know God. So can we know God personally? Can we know him like figuring out, let's say for example, for trying to figure out our, friends or our coworkers or our children's personalities, can we get to know God like that? Yes, we can. That he has given us his word. He's given us his son. He's given us his Holy Spirit so that we can figure out his personality, his character traits, everything about him. We can learn. He has given us the resources that we need to learn more about him. And as we studying his word. And as we look at Jesus's life and we rely on the power of the Holy spirit, we can know his character and his attributes. So we can know his love and his mercy, his power, his justice, his presence, his sovereignty, um, holiness, truth. Um, his, he's ever present. He's all powerful. He's infinite, self-sufficient, self-existent, and eternal. Now that's a lot, but if you take each one of those and there's so much more that we can know about God, if you take even just those, we're learning so much about who he is and how he functions and what, um, what his purpose for our life is. So once we start learning more about him, we start learning how his, his heart for the world and then we begin to grow in our desire and our heart for the world as well. Um, 
Jeremiah 29, 11. If you know, I'm going to read it. I have it written right here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So there again, we see just that hope, that something we're hoping for, we're dreaming for, we're imagining. He um, has plans for that. Like he created us for good works. So we'll talk more about that too. Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. If you continue on, I've always stopped at that one verse. I don't know why when I was, I've memorized that verse because we all want to know that we have plans and that we have a purpose and that there is hope in a future. If you look at 29, 13 and 14, he says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. I will restore fortunes. I will gather you and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So there it is. He's saying, seek me. Find out who I am. Spend time getting to know me. This is God getting to know God. When you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And he's saying, I will gather you and I'll bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I'll restore your fortunes. Like that's what, who he is. He is a redeeming God. So God's heart is to restore his people back to himself. Um, we were created to tend to the earth and created to create image figures that would reflect back his, his glory as well. Created for God, by God, to help his creation flourish. So this is where we come in as people helping his creation flourish. So you can help God's creation flourish. Everything that he has created, everything that walks on this earth, that we can help flourish. And so part of this is finding out how we do that. How do we help um, the world flourish? Always comes back to God, not pointed at me, not self, not how can I um, elevate myself, but it's about God. So we have so many things fighting for our attention, though. Satan wants to get, a, get us off focus. He doesn't want us to be about the Lord. He doesn't want us doing good things. He wants to distract us. He wants to make it all about us, just like he did with Adam and Eve in the garden, making it about them. You can be great. You know, he's saying God doesn't want you to be great. He doesn't want you to be happy. He is trying to withhold something from you. So just eat from this apple or this fruit. I don't think it really was an apple. And so he's always trying to get us to doubt God's goodness in our life. But we were given a story and we have value and we have purpose and we have meaning. And God wants to use us for his glory. And just like Joseph, you're being commissioned out in places of influence, to be an influence, to impart part of yourself and who you are to others. And God has strategically placed you where you are right now for a purpose and for a reason. So if we don't know that our life matters, if we think that there's no real purpose or there's no real meaning in life, um, if we don't see that everything is filtered through God's sovereign hands for good to help the world flourish, if we don't see that, that we have value, then that's when we go through life kind of floundering. 
you have value to bring to the table. And so all of this is figuring out what is the value that you have to offer others. So this is where it gets exciting because we're going to talk God dreams, dreams, dreaming God dreams. We have to be careful. This is where I'm going to encourage us to be careful that our dreams align with God's word. Just like I said, Satan wants us to get distracted. He wants us to make it about him. But God can do the unimaginable, the impossible. Yes, he can. And that's where we, it's not for us to do the unimaginable and the impossible. It's for him that he would get all the glory. And so we have to make sure that our motives and our intentions are good, that we're not just trying to kind of manipulate it to where we get all the glory and that we're getting, elevating ourselves above God because it's all for him because he created us for himself and for others, for us to be encouragers and influencers for others. So he'll, um, he will never call us to do something that is not in alignment with his character and his attributes and who he is. So that's why it's so important to get to know him in his word so that we can kind of flesh it out with what's truth and what's not truth. Um, some examples are, look, there, there are some great dreams, whether it's creating a nonprofit because you have a heart for, I don't know, it can be anything in this world. So if you have a heart for, like for me, I just have a heart for women because of my story of just being in the word because I've seen how that has helped me. And usually that's what happens as you see where something was missing or something that was helpful in your life, then usually that passion grows from your life experience. So, but I could, there is that switch in that I don't want to make it about me. I always want to draw it back to the Lord and who he is. So in anything he calls us to do, whether it's open up a coffee shop so that people can gather and just have a relationship with him and community in him or I mean, there's so many different things. I mean, it seriously can be like helping animals. It can be helping people who are, you know, the homeless. It could be, there's so many different things. I was thinking of them the other day. I wish I would have written them down. But anything that you have a passion and a heart for, God can use. But we have to make sure that we're aligning it with his character and with who he is. And we'll know when our dreams are getting kind of off kilter when it's not consistent with who he is. For example, when you look at Joseph, he was sold into slavery by his brothers, but he redeemed his family as well. That's what God's purpose was. It was meant for him to gather this remnant and for him to bring them out of exile. So he brought life to others. It was not about him. He didn't just live his life in this magnificent house with Pharaoh having all these, he put him in charge of everything. It wasn't, he could have just, said, okay, I'm just going to live this life for the rest of my life and have everything at my disposal. But he didn't. He knew it was for a purpose and it was for others what he was to do. Ruth, if you look at Ruth, she was a widow. She was a widow and then she had a kinsman redeemer. And so she did great things through that too, of how God used her story. David had a dream to build something great for God. If you look at First Chronicles 28, too, look at that was his desire was to build something great for God. 
Nehemiah had a vision to build the wall and he completed that. Like he put people in place that utilizing their talents and their giftedness and what they could do. He placed them in strategic places around the wall to build the wall. So he didn't just do it by himself, but he enlisted people to help him. And it was not just for himself, it was for others. Um, and then you have Esther. I love Esther. She was an orphan. Mordecai, her cousin, adopts her. So she goes from an orphan to a queen. So she was became married to Boaz and she became a queen and a savior to the Jews. Like she had a huge story and a huge influence and a huge part of the Jews' story and that they were going to be annihilated. But she was, for such a time as this, she had a part in that and she saved them essentially through God. It wasn't about herself. It was about God placing her in the right place at the right time. So these dreams weren't selfish dreams. They were for others, centered around others, helping others, influencing others, um, not self-serving. So what happens when we're self-serving is what happens at the Tower of Babel. So if you know that story, you can go back to Genesis 11, I think it is. But you can go back and read that story. And the thing that happened is they're like, let's make this huge tower that can reach the heavens and let's make a name for ourselves. So they utilize their talents and their gifts and everything to make a name for themselves, not for God. And so what does God do? He makes it to where they can't communicate. So he he essentially, um, what's the word, frustrates their purpose. So, you know, they are you, you have gifts and stuff to have a purpose and a, and a plan for the life, but they used it for themselves, to make a name for themselves. And so God they said, okay, I'm going to make it so hard for you to communicate. It's going to be difficult. And they weren't able to complete the task because they did not have the right motivation. And so we have to check our motivation. As believers, we're not called to make much of ourselves. We're called to make much of him, to make his name great, not make a name for ourselves. So most people think that to make his name great, we have to be ministers or pastors or go out in the mission field, go out into all the world. And yes, we are called to do that. But all the world is right here too. We're not if everybody was called to be um, in the mission field where that's a pastor teacher or a lay person or um, going out and being a missionary internationally, then we wouldn't be able to function. Like there wouldn't be the farmers that provide food for us to eat, to sustain our life. There wouldn't be the people out there that are great at cleaning water for us to have clean water for us to drink and to flourish that way. Um, we wouldn't have all sorts of things. If you think about it, I mean, we need the carpenters. We need the workers. We need all sorts of people that bring a community together to provide a system that is sustainable. And this is just the system that God has put us in, in that we work for wages and we Provide, that's how we help our families flourish. That's what we're here for, to help each other flourish. So we're providing 
food for them so that they can have the nutrition that they need, providing shelter so that they can sleep at night, and then providing jobs for people to be able to continue to have money to be able to provide for their family. That's just the nature of how we live. So you're going to hear some stuff going on. My family is home. This is summertime. Um, so you're going to hear people go up and down the stairs and in and out the door, but they know I'm doing this. They're all being trying to be hush hush. But if you hear something in the background, that's what that is. Um, so you don't have to be a, um, pastor or be anything like that to really have a purpose and make and have influence in the world. We need everybody. It takes a village, <laughs> like everybody doing their part. And where it says in Ephesians, everybody doing their part properly. That's how the body grows. That's how we help each other flourish is when we're doing, everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. So this is where it gets fun. We're going to start writing down our dreams. So I'm going to have you do something. You can go back and watch this video later and kind of, because it's going to take time. So I would set aside a good hour if you could to just sit and kind of jot all this stuff down. Um, but I want you to know that your unique purpose and your unique calling is not what gives you satisfaction in this world or significance. That's not where we get our happiness and our joy from. Only God himself can we find joy and happiness and full fulfillment is in him, not in what we do. Um, the, our purpose isn't what makes you matter. You already matter. You already matter to him because you mattered to him from the foundation of the world. He had his affection set on you before the foundation of the world. So we have to know that whatever we do, our purpose or finding meaning in life, that's not what makes us matter. We already matter to him. We just get the privilege of being um, partakers with him, of being able to reach the world in a great way, in a big way. So that's where we want to dream big for him. So I'm going to read a couple of verses that reiterate this. Psalm 90, 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We're to number our days. So make a plan where there is no vision, the people perish. So we're to have a vision, have a dream. Yes. Think, imagine it, write it down. And then if you look at the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you know, the parable is, so you had three people. One was given one talent, one was given two, and one was given five. So the one and the two, I think it is, I can't remember, two of them went and invested it and they multiplied it. So they multiplied it for him. The last one buried it and didn't, he just buried it there and didn't invest it, didn't do anything with it, just sat on it. And here's what the Lord or the master said to the ones that invested it and used it. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, so I will set you over much. Okay. This is what he said to the one who didn't do anything with it. He said, you wicked and slothful servant. 
The master took that talent from him, so he had nothing. You wicked and slothful servant. That's really, really, um, that's harsh, but it's true. He was slothful with it. He did not, he was idle with it. He didn't do anything with it. Um, and in Ephesians 4.28, we see where he says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So we're not to be lazy. We're to work with our hands. We are to work. Um, so we're to do the good work so that we have something to share with someone in need. So that is, again, it's pointed to others. It's not about us. It's about investing in the kingdom, investing in others. And so we all have value. We have value to add to people's lives. And then we see again in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. I'm going to read one more verse. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Okay, don't be foolish. We have to make the best use of our time. So that means when he says we're to number our days, make the best use of our time, that we're to be intentional about it. So this is where we're going to go through some questions. I want you to write it down, look over it. It all will start to make sense as you look through how God has used your story or is making your story. But the first question is, I want you to write down, what do I value? What do you value in life? What is something that is of utmost importance. And it can be, you can write down the ones that are like, of course, the Lord, family, friends, all of those could be working out. But then you want to get deeper into what, what really, what is a need you see in the world that needs attention to? We all have those where we're like, this is unfair or this shouldn't be. What is it that you value so much that you're like, I've got to do something about this. Just think through that and pray through that. And it may take some time to get to that point, but we all have that in us of what, um, when we see a need in the world and we want to meet that need. So what comes naturally to you? This is the second question. And this has to do with your strengths. So Maybe somebody has said something to you. I know as I was in high school and college, I had people speaking into my life. And the thing that I would hear over and over again, even as into my 20s and 30s, was, you're a great writer. Now, I don't see myself as a great writer, even as I'm reading back um, some of the stuff that I blog. And from that, people saying you're a great writer, I did start blogging like in 2008. Yeah or seven. I can't remember. It's when the first like big wave of bloggers came through. But I started blogging and it was just about life, really what was going on in my life and funny things that would happen. And I'll just throw it out there for people to read. And I don't know if they were just trying to make me feel good, <laughs> but even before the blogging, whenever I um, was in high school and college, I did hear not every day, but just sporadically throughout my life, the words would be there, you're a great writer. And so I started really wrestling with that with the Lord, with what do you want me to do with that? And then still, 
Like, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? Um, I don't know that I'll write a book. That's really not on my heart. I do like blogging. I do like writing um, different things. So who knows what the Lord will continue to do with that. Um, so what comes naturally to you? It could be computer stuff. It could be naturally hosting, natural leader. It could be a natural teacher, natural cooker, <laughs> baker, whatever. What are you good at? And then what do you enjoy doing? That's number three. What do you enjoy doing? Number four, what are the trials in your life or what things has God allowed you to suffer through? That will take some time because you, a lot of us haven't really dealt with some of the suffering and some of the trials that we have gone through. So you kind of have to go through your life, even as a child. Like what were some things that you felt as a child that was hard and a sufferer? Or you were suffering through. So an example for me in my life was whenever I was 11, my mom left because of her job. Now, I didn't think it was really any different because that's just how life was. Um, the way it was painted out was that she was going to move two hours away because she would lose her sen seniority or she would be able to retire Later, she didn't want to lose all the years she had at this one company. And what she did was she was, she wrapped meat in a meat market, Safeway. If you've ever heard of it, that's where she worked. Um, it turned into Homeland, I think, and a couple other places. But she moved two hours away from us to continue to work for that same company so that she could then retire. And I think her goal was to retire. First, it was a year and then it was another year. Well, she did not retire until I graduated college. So 11 years old to college, my mom was living two hours away. I was living with my dad and my brother at the time and a sister, my sister, but my two oldest sisters had kind of already moved out of the house into college and doing their own thing, families and whatnot. So it was me, my brother and my dad. And so that's part of my story and kind of what I went through and what I felt through that, um, the abandonment from that, although I would not have put those words to it, but that is how I felt. Um, there are different things from that, that now I have a heart. That's why I have a heart for women to let them know they're loved. They're not abandoned. God is there. God was always there for me. He's there for you. And so that's part of my story now, why I come on here, why I offer these videos or why I come on Facebook live or why I post things. I'm always trying to make it to where I can be real and vulnerable with you guys to let you know that I am just a normal person striving to follow the Lord and to do what he has called me to do. And so some of this is what I've been walking through, finding out what my purpose in life, what my calling, but ultimately where, where God wants me, where he wants me to move. I don't want to waste precious time because the days are short. And so we're to be, like Ephesians said, make the best use of the time. We don't have forever. So how can I be investing in others and helping others flourish, those that God has placed around me? So that's the other thing. So question number five, where has God strategically placed you? Who are the people that are around you right now that God might want to be or does want to use you in that because there's a reason you're 
where you where you are at right now. There a reason that God has placed the people in your life right now. Yes, yeah, so ultimately it's our spouses, it's our children. Then as you look around, like where else? Because the children lead the home. Like we we know we're to help them flourish, but we're to be investing also. And I always say, I want somebody else investing in my children too. I don't want to just be the one. I don't think that's how it's called to be because they listen to other people a little bit differently than the way that they listen to us. And so it's people imparting, um, investing and being an influence in their own special way differently. It's not just one person. It's all of us working together to impart and, and be an influence in each other's life. So who are those people that God has strategically, sorry, placed in your life? But also, number six, where are the places that he has strategically placed you? So you can write down places like it could be where you're working right now. It could be somewhere you're serving right now. It could be somewhere you go a lot and you've made some relationships, whether that's at you're going to PT, like therapy for something. And so you've gone there a lot and you've made relationships with people. Maybe you're... Um, you go to a grocery, same grocery store all the time, and so you've built relationships around that. Maybe you're in a couple of groups. Maybe they're Facebook groups. Maybe they are groups like a book club or something like that. Write all those down of where God has you. Um, and then the last one, of course, there's a lot others that we can go through. And I'm going to be putting out some um, material that you can actually have and a PDF form to go through. So be looking for that. Um, and then also some great courses that you also can, um, can get as well. So I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but the last thing is what am I passionate about? Okay. <clears throat> so our passion, when we look up the word passion, if you look it up biblically, it is, that's where we get, um, this is Jesus passion for us. So it's like, if you think about the passion of Christ, it's something that we're willing to die for. We're passionate about it. So we're willing to suffer. We're, we are willing to go to the mattress for. So what is that? Like I talked about before, what is that that moves you, um, that stirs in your heart, something that you're seeing that there's a need. And so this moves you to a point where it's like, what am I willing to give my life for? To put it all out there for, I'm willing to not be embarrassed for, I'm willing to really speak about this and make this something that is important <clears throat> and that I feel can help people. <coughs> Sorry, more coffee. <laughs> the coffee may be what's making me cough all the time. I drink it all the time. So it could be things like health. What in health are you passionate about to help people? Because I'm not kidding. There are things out there that have been super helpful in the health and wellness realm of helping us be more healthy and to be intentional about taking care of our, our body, our temple. Um, you know, there's, it could be women's health. It could be, um, you know, it could be being a Sunday school teacher, 
investing in the next generation. I'm just throwing things out there, but there's so much that um, it's anything that the Lord is moving you through your story to have a passion for, because that's what he does. He uses our story for that. And so if you have not uh, clicked on the website, so if you go to kerrymyers.me, it is um, the gospel-centered purpose living your life by design. So there's some free resources there. If you go to those videos and watch the four videos, um, there goes my dogs. They're going crazy. If you watch those four videos, then you can start. Those are all to help start you finding your unique story and just the foundation of who God is, who he is in your life, and then leading you through your story. Like I said, there'll be more resources too for your story. So watch that, but go on to that link if you haven't and get those free resources, those videos to help you out in that arena of just figuring out your story. Um, I hope this has been helpful for you of just going through. Yes, we are to dream. We are to plan. We are to think through where God might be using us. Here comes some more of my children. Sorry dogs are going to go crazy, but, um, where has God strategically placed you, um, that he can use you and has given you a passion in your life for. And so I hope this has been helpful. Again, we will look through some material together. So I will email that out to you guys. So you want to make sure you subscribe to <coughs> the website Getting those free resources is where you'll start because then you'll get on the email list to where you'll start getting some resources from me. And so all of this, God has given me a passion for, and so that's why I am here doing this um, and creating material for growth because <coughs> that's what the Lord used in my life, like just growing in knowledge of who he is, growing in who he is in me, that that has given me courage to be who he created me to be and to be bold and do what he has created me to do. So my heart is helping you walk through that as well. Now there's another piece of this. Why my passion is coming on here live using social media to get the word out and to be bold and share our stories. Now I'm going to be coaching people to do that as well. If you have a heart to want to learn how to really um, plan out your vision and your passion and using that in a gospel centered way um, and utilizing the internet to do that, then I would love to um, work with you on that and help show you how you can do that. And so a lot of it is just going through the basics of how to get, um, Facebook started or website started, how to just really make those small steps to getting out there into the internet world. So I will be posting that as well. So be on the lookout. Keep going to kerrymyers.me. You will find it there. You'll find videos on that as well as the Facebook page. kerrymyers.me is the gospel centered purpose page. Um, the Simple Savvy Life Facebook page and website is more general. So that's for anybody who wants to come and get resources to help grow in their relationship with the Lord. Um, it, it's just helping you grow through, through life. 
Now, the other gospel-centric purpose is to help you really put a plan to action and to move forward in what God has called you to do. So that's why there's two different places. One is not as intense. And I'm learn I'm working on streamlining those, kind of not making it as complicated, but helping you be able to um, go to wherever you need to go to get the resources that you need. So all of that will be coming together. All of this is fresh and new for me. I just kind of just started it and started Googling things of how to do this. And this is how this has come about. So I want to encourage you. You can do this. If this is something that you're passionate about and that you feel like there is something that needs to be shared out there when we start looking at our passion and what we're, our heart beats for that need that we see in the world that we want to help meet that need. When we, when you start going through that and you're like, yes, this is it. If that's something you want to take into the internet world, then you want to um, be looking for the resources that's going to help you do that. So I'm going to walk people through that if that's what they want. And they're saying, yes, I want to learn how to do this. So Carrie Meyer stopped me. The gospel centered purpose is the website you want to go to for that. Okay. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. This has been fun for me just to kind of flesh this out with you guys. So it's been fun. So um, again, it is recorded. So we will post this um, probably in several different places where you can just listen to it at your own convenience and then um, watch it while you work out, watch it while you cook or whatever. Just have it here to be able to go back and go back to the questions if you want and write those down. So I highly recommend that you do that. Just plan it out. So in closing, number your days, make the best use of your time. And how you can do that is to journal it out and let the Lord speak to your heart. Write it out because then it becomes real. And then we start dreaming and start writing those dream boards out in a God gospel-centered purpose way. Okay. Love you guys. This has been so fun and I can't wait to the next one. Um, so be looking and looking for that on the website. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for being on here. So I'm going to stop the recording now. Um, thanks.